0: Today, of course, is Trinity Sunday. It's that day in the church's calendar where we highlight this central and essential teaching of our Christian faith. Professor Michael Reeves puts it this way. He said, the Trinity is the governing center of all Christian belief, the truth that shapes and beautifies all others. The Trinity is the cockpit of all Christian thinking. You join me in prayer then for the reading of God's word. Father, indeed, you are the source of all light, and by your word you give light to our souls. We ask then that you would pour out upon us a spirit of wisdom and understanding, of being taught by you in holy scriptures, that our hearts and our minds would be open to know everything that pertains to life and holiness, which is found only through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we now pray. Amen. John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Word of the Lord. The Trinity. Why does it matter? It seems so hard to follow, to understand. I'm sure you've heard people say similar things. I'm a simple man, I'm a simple woman. This doesn't make any difference to my faith. It is true that if you want to fly on a plane, you do not need to know anything about aeronautical engineering or being a pilot. You buy your ticket, you find your seat. I bet the destination matters, though. If you thought you were flying to Honolulu and ended up in Nome, Alaska, you would care, especially in February. Different religions, they have different destinations. And really only a person who's ignorant of religions would even say they're the same because they are very different. If you start with a non-relational Allah like in Islam or a cosmic soul, a Brahm in Hinduism, these planes are going to take you to different locations. The Allah of Islam is unknowable, impersonal. He's absolutely one with no distinctions, no additions of persons. He's always distant and completely one, other, transcendent. There's no real communication with him in any meaningful way. It's no surprise that uh, the concept of forgiveness is really foreign to Islam because reconciliation requires relationship. The emphasis is on Allah's judgment, on his power, not on his love or his communicating One obeys his commands with no real way to know him. It's a unity with no diversity. The oneness of Hinduism and other Eastern beliefs are really about a lot of diversity. There's lots of gods in their systems. And yet you get close enough and you not only don't know yourself, you merge into a cosmic nothingness of everythingness. It's not surprising that in those systems, compassion is absent. Reincarnation, karma means you get what you deserve because of what you've done in a past life. Try harder, do better, and do it on your own. That is a huge diversity with no unity that just collapses into itself. Christianity, it brings unity and diversity together. The Trinity is at its center of relationship. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in relation, in love, in in communion. God has in His very being communion. He's in communication. When Scripture says that God is love, it's not just a nice phrase. It means God is love in His very essence. Before He even created the smallest of molecules, His eternal relationship of love has always existed within Himself. We never just say, I love. We say, I love something. Love implies relationship. St. Augustine, he spoke of the Trinity in terms of love. He said, the Father is the lover, the Son is the beloved, and the Holy Spirit is the bond of love shared between them. Love requires another. It is the nature of love to communicate. And yes, the Trinity is certainly a mystery, But if we are to understand who we are and who God is, to understand the the world around us, we need to to peek in. Early Christians did not invent the Trinity. They simply connected the biblical dots. Indeed. And because the Lord has revealed himself to us as one God in three persons, we must know and worship this God. We, We talk. To the living God who has revealed himself by communicating to us. Who has revealed himself to us in the relationship of a covenant of love. We were made to communicate. Looking at first, or John 1, he begins in the beginning. And immediately we hear echoes of Genesis 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And John starts with that beginning too. And he is also talking about God creating the world. But he throws something else in there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I go, wait, well, who is this Word? He's God, but He's different somehow. He's God, and yet He's with God. He goes on, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him was nothing made that was made. Well, John solves the mystery just a few verses later in John 14. He says, and the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. We've seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, this is Jesus. The Word is the Son of God. The Word is God. And when you hear that word, Word, you think of speech, you think of communication, rightly so. Prior to anything else, this dynamic relationship of of God communicating has always been. One theologian says, there are, as it were, three identities in the one God. Another said that he he spoke of a triune revelation. God reveals, Father. God is revelation, Son. God makes the revelation effective or known, the Spirit. The Word, the communication of God comes to us and takes on flesh. The Lord makes Himself knowable. We were created to know Him and to be known by Him to communicate with him, to communicate with one another. It's a part of our our DNA. In Genesis 2, we see the Lord talking with Adam, Adam talking with Eve. And even in the midst of their sin in Genesis 3, God calls out to Adam and Eve. We see later, repeatedly, God speaking to Abraham. And then in Exodus 33, we read, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. We were made to talk. We were made to listen because of who God is. At Jesus' baptism, Matthew 4, it said, Jesus baptized and heaven opened up and said, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice said from heaven, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. God talks to us about Jesus and the love he has for him as the Spirit is descending at the transfiguration when when Jesus' glory is revealed to his disciples in Mark 9 said a cloud again appeared and covered them and a voice came from the cloud and said this is my son whom I love listen to him. We were made to talk to and to listen to Jesus to God to, with one another. That's what we were designed for. And that communication tells us that we were made then for relationship. We were made to relate to one another. We all long for community. When we are alone and isolated for too long, a result is usually really bad. Deep, dark depression, even suicidal thoughts. It's been a while, but many of you probably have seen in the past the, the film *Castaway* with Tom Hanks. He's left alone, deserted. He goes on to communicate with a volleyball, appropriately named Wilson. And we get it. There's nothing really strange about him doing that. Is he going mad or is this helping him from going mad? I think he he wants somebody to talk to, to personify. And we live in an amazing age of social media and apps that are all trying to help us to find relationships. Or to maintain and to keep those relationships up. That's all around us, everywhere. Jesus comes into this sinful, broken world, broken relationship, broken communication to restore us. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. And he said, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. That in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. Reconciliation means relationship. Relationship that's broken is now restored. In John 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his soon coming death. And he tells them that he's going to the Father, but he's prepared a place for them. They don't understand. And Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? That line from Jesus, we all know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This covenant relationship with the Father only comes by being connected with Jesus, with the Son. And he goes on, he says, if you've known me, you've known the Father. From now on, you do know him and you've seen him. And here we see Jesus speaking of his oneness with the Father. The Father is not some unknowable being way, way out there that we can't fathom and touch. He's revealed himself. Jesus said, I am that revelation, for I am the God-man. Indeed. And Philip, in his ignorance, he says, Lord, show us the Father and that's enough. And Jesus says, have you been with me so long, Philip, you don't know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? There's a note of exasperation in Jesus' voice as he gently rebukes Philip. He goes on, he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Speaking. But the Father who dwells in me does his work. He doesn't just stop there. A little later in chapter 15 of John, he speaks of the coming of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is speaking of the Father. And he says now of the Holy Spirit, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit's going to talk about Jesus. And in John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He's going to talk about Jesus. And what we see in this relationship of Father, Son, and Spirit it is this working communication of truth, restoring relationships. Jesus is about to be crucified. He knows he will soon depart. The reality of Pentecost is coming. We looked at that last week. The resurrected Jesus would ascend into heaven and the promised Holy Spirit would be given to his people. And Jesus here prays as the son to the father because it's his right and privilege to do so. He's saying, Father, I'm coming home and I've invited some friends for dinner. I've made space for them. This is not the destination of other religions at all. This is Christianity. This is Jesus. Our worship, our knowing God is grounded in his mercy and his grace. The Father reveals himself to us. He invites us to participate in himself through the Son as we respond to this gracious invitation. We're given new life by the Spirit. And in all of this, you know, it's not just simply a, a small little bistro table with you and Jesus. It's a large family dining table with all y'all. It's everybody. One scholar has put it well. He said the Trinity belongs to the inner life of God and can be only known by those who share in that life. As long as you are on the outside, you will never see beyond His unity. Jesus makes space for you and I to enter in to this divine communication that has been gloriously seen for all eternity. This is not some abstract teaching. It's a truly personal one. A personal invite from the Creator to be known and to know Him. An invitation where Jesus, the messenger, is also the message. Now, there are two primary ways people get the Trinity wrong. There's subcategories to be sure, but two primary ones. The first, think of one individual with three different costumes playing three different roles in a play. He comes in and offstage, he dresses this way and he dresses that way and he comes over here and he talks to the guy offstage and they come back over here and he talks to the guy offstage. They're never together at the same moment. Amazing job, a great actor. Like, wow, that guy can act. He's doing three different parts. That's heresy. It's wrong. The second one is think of of three people standing there together. One, two, and three. They're all different people. Well, how are they united? Well, they're all humans. So we got three humans. I guess that's unifying them. No, that's heresy too. What you have is either one God only or three God's. The Trinity tells us we have one God in three persons. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. It says there in verse 17 the disciples, when they saw him, Jesus, what did they do? They worshiped him. That's an odd thing to do to a man, to worship a man. We're to worship God alone. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Notice that it is name singular, not names plural. Looks like plural to me. In the names of the Father, no, no, no. It's the name. One name. One God in three inner relationships. He is one, in a way, different than he is three. And that, indeed, is a mystery. How is that possible? And we have analogies that help us, but all analogies break down. Sometimes people say, well, like the sun. You know, you got the rays of the sun, the heat of the sun, the sun itself, it's all three in one. And we have lots of images like that, but none of them fully work. Why? Because we only have one God. There are no other ones of him. He's unique, so we can't compare him to anything else. God is the only God. We're like him, and we've got lots of us like each other here, so we can make comparisons here, but we can't to God. He's the only one. And in some mysterious way, this great unity of God is also found in the diversity of what we refer to as persons, identities. And because of that, we have communication. We have relationship. We are made in his image and likeness. It shouldn't surprise us that that is so. Throughout creation, you see these amazing triads of various things. Science is not my background, so I'm not even going to try. But for those who, who know there their things, that, oh, this is amazing how light is both a particle and a wave and light. There's lots of things like that. But you don't have to have an aeronautical engineering degree, you do have to be on the right plane with the right destination. That's why it matters. This isn't secondary. You get the wrong God and you end up in the wrong place. God has made us for himself that you and I could reflect that. That he has restored relationship through his son and that Restore Relationship now can go into all of our relationships. That we get to share in that. That is an amazing, not just concept, reality. That we ignore at our peril. That we must uphold. That we must maintain. To be faithful to the biblical God who has revealed himself to us. One God in three persons the dynamic relationship that exists from all eternity, we have been invited into through Jesus' space has been made at his table. And you and I get to come then as his sons, as his daughters, sharing in that ongoing love and communication and relationship, sharing in the joy and the wonder of our existence in him. You'll pray with me. Father, indeed, what a mystery before us. Father, thank you for our existence. Thank you for making us. Father, thank you for the greatness of who you are. Lord, one day we will see you fully and probably still not understand all this. But Lord, we look forward to the day when just the the blinders of our own sin and ignorance will be removed. But Lord, until then, Father, keep us faithful. Make us faithful people. Father, bind our hearts together in truth through your Son, who is the way and the truth and the life. Father, keep us steady. Keep us loving. And Lord, may you receive glory through the lives of your people here as we represent you to the world around us. Father, fill our hearts with all joy and hope and believing. We pray and ask this all through Jesus, our mighty Lord. Amen.